that said, <clears throat> hello and welcome to the How to Be Unpopular podcast. This is your host, Joy McGarry, coming live from Kells, British Columbia, Canada. I haven't been podcasting in a while. And uh, don't move around so much. Clip clopping. And uh, it just hasn't been that important. Not that it's not important to podcast, but just in this this current stretch of time uh, doing video stuff and life stuff and skating a lot was more important. Um, yeah, for those who don't know me, who are tuning in for the first time, I am Joey and I am an inline skater with over 20 years experience in Canada. Um, and I have, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of material to get through today. So uh, let's, let's get started. <clears throat> Sip, let me get my water quickly. Okay, I'm back. So I skated a lot over this spring and summer. I skated mostly 100 millimeter and then a lot of 110, 110 millimeter on the Wizards, though the Wizard 100s, the Wizard 110s, those K2, uh, what we're calling the R100 frame, which is they have the rockers on them so you can skate them flat or rockered or whatever configuration you want to come up with. I skated 80 millimeter a bit, and of course, uh, aggressive inline skates, because we came out with, it was originally going to be the small wheels video. Excuse me, who said you could have that slipper? Excuse me. Drop the slipper. Hey, drop the slipper. Drop the slipper. Not for dogs. <coughs> The plan this year was to make a video called Small Wheels and I got extremely antsy in the middle of filming Small Wheels, actually near the end of filming Small Wheels because I would start doing tricks in Small Wheels and realize uh, I'm, this is totally something that I would do in Big Wheels and it would probably be better in Big Wheels. So I kind of like broke the idea. Todd, Todd stuck it out kept it specific small wheels he didn't even in like sessions outside of filming he he stayed consistent with the small wheels i i feel like i'm more of a big wheel skater than an aggressive i love skating both but i think my style is more suited to big wheels so anyways i skated a little bit of everything and now i'm gravitating now that the the small wheels project that was the other thing we couldn't call it small wheels because i broke the the idea by starting to film in big wheels um the original idea was to have it was going to be called small wheels and then it was going to be like uh big wheels one where it was going to have sections of me and leon and todd but Le <laughs> leon was even more so than me it was hard, not hard to get him to skate small wheels, but he was kind of in the same boat as me where it, it's like, it, if you're excited about, if you're more excited about skating one setup than the other, it's hard to uh, not force yourself, but it's hard to 
like put yourself in that mindset. I think Todd did it the right way where he just didn't didn't skate any other setups, just focused on small wheels. And it definitely comes through in that section because his is really good. Um, and so it became suck it small wheels because the when we made um, suck it aggressive, that was because we had an idea for one type of video and then we abandoned it but used that footage for a suck it aggressive. That was originally going to be a full aggressive project and then we started skating big wheels called that suck it aggressive then we were gonna make big wheels two, and then we abandoned that idea and wanted to start skating small wheels and aggressive so then we made suck it aggressive and then that's why this one was called suck it small wheels because it was going to be called or sorry there is suck it aggressive suck it big wheels and this one was suck at small wheels because we abandoned the small wheels video. The small wheels video would have been really good if Leon and I could have kept it together, but uh, unfortunately we couldn't keep it together. But uh, it, it turned out it turned out good. It it starts out as one thing in your mind, like any project, you have to be willing to for it to evolve into new things. Because originally that was even Todd and I were going to continue filming that. And I started putting the sections together and realized that we had enough stuff to make a, a section each. And then it was going to have like a little intro. We we're going to use what we had of Leon filmed. Or I was going to try and film with Leon like one or two more times. <clears throat> and he was still going to have like a short section. Um, and it was going to be a longer video. So it would have been still would have had me, Leon and Todd. And it would have been called Suck at Small Wheels. But it would have been everything pieced together. And then I threw out the idea because th even to get, I just sent a text to, to a friend earlier where I was like, yeah, I need to watch that again. I just skimmed through it. Like even to get somebody to watch, uh, to ask them to take nine or 10 minutes out of their day to watch something is a lot. So I liked the idea of, I threw it out to Todd. I was like, why don't we put the sections, like it'll still be like a video release, but the sections are just separate. And I like the way we rolled that out. I honestly think the idea of a full-length video, it's great, but I don't really care anymore. I just kind of want to see... Um, I heard a good quote today. I watched like a a Mark Johnson and Daewon Song really recent interview on the Ride Channel. and uh, Or I was listening to it while I was working. And he said a quote from one of his friends is that like he's this friend is working on his section every day and it's called Instagram and he just puts up stuff every day on Instagram. I, <clears throat> I'm not at all opposed to that kind of, uh, con content. What a silly word. That's why I always hashtag it because it's such a funny word, but I'm completely into that. Like that idea of, no, I'm going to work on a, going to work on a section for a year or two which is great it's good to have that goal but it's also good to just like put stuff out as soon as you film it I don't know and just there there's a there's that like there's that there's a healthy fun feeling of just filming stuff and putting it out I don't really care uh, I think I think both are good but I do think we look at like full-length projects and uh 
and like I'm working on my section through rose colored glasses because a lot of the times people be like yeah that was sick and then just move on to the next thing and completely forget about it um because even if you're putting out stuff every day people will, f- will forget about all of that and then just make a compilation at the end of the year i remember back in 2012 when uh richie he he released like a few different edits throughout the year and then um he released like a greatest hits or i don't know i can't remember what it was called but it was like a compilation of all of his greatest tricks from that year when they had like that amazing year with powerhouse and richie and dustin were just killing it and and todd presented the idea of like making remix edits and i wasn't in like compilation it i wasn't into it and then just i started to realize that it was such a dumb idea to to limit like no if people are going to watch it they have to watch like the original section but there's so many different ways that people can stumble across um a video or a trick that you did or or it doesn't really matter like how they get to it um it's just how should i word that it it's it's like we still think of delivering videos in a very limited way and the fact that you can put it on uh instagram facebook uh twitter animated gifs youtube vimeo like all of these distribution systems you should use all i mean you don't have to use all of them but it's awesome that they're all available because you like i love the things that you stumble across on all on all these things i used to before uh video really hit on the internet because youtube wasn't a big thing until 2006 or 7 i was in film school and I had this TV production class and uh, our crazy ass teacher, Brent Stafford, was so awesome. He came into class one day so juiced out of his mind. Like he was so stoked about this thing called YouTube, which I had heard about a little bit, but you have to think of it as like the early days of YouTube where it's not how it, you know how you say YouTube, like you say Nintendo, you know, that when you're out, skating now it's not uh it's not do you guys have a a website or do you sell videos it's like is this going up on youtube youtube is like that that term now that represents like if you're going to watch a video online it's going to be on youtube and um and he came into class all stoked on youtube i didn't really know what it was and it was like i was so fired up after he talked about like um he was he was reading that book called The Long Tail. And it blew my mind when he he talked about um when you when you have a when you <laughs> you own a DVD store and you have to physically stock that DVD and people have to either buy it or like it has to be in stock for someone to get that product and go home and watch it or you have to rent the video at the video store and it has to be in stock and they have to physically return it like you would go to the video store sometimes to rent a movie and it wouldn't be there like there would be the line on the wall and you'd be like they would have the dvd behind it and you would see that like you know the popular movies there would be like 10 of them in stock and you couldn't take that movie out then he started talking about 
YouTube in the long tail, he's like, we live in a time now where you, every video on the planet is always in stock and always available 24-7 to whoever wants to access it. And then he was like, and it can be about anything. He's like, I'm going to look up. He had YouTube pulled up. He's like, I'm going to I'm gonna look up. Maybe I love videos of people picking their nose. And then he put in like picking nose on YouTube. And then like all these videos came up. And my mind was blown because I hadn't, I hadn't put it together yet that it wasn't important at that point to upload all these videos I had made to YouTube because it was 2006 or 2007, which is insane that in, you know, first decade of skating VHS, then a short five year span DVD. Blu-ray didn't really happen for skating, kind of did. And now 10 years after a DVD, I guess kind of died out. DVD was just dying out when we released the first mushroom blading. Like it was kind of like a when that video came out it didn't really it it should have that video should have just gone up for free because there was a big uh back and forth i think todd really wanted to release mushroom bling 2 on dvd and i thought it was pointless and uh and then it went online for free which which was awesome and that's probably what mushroom bling won should have been but it, uh, that was an interesting time because dvd was technically dead but there were still skating dvds available um but people who were releasing full videos online for free or, or putting videos up or sections up or whatever online that was like definitely where it was starting to go but anyways after that class i was so fired up that i remember the first few things i uploaded was like um I think the Better Than Baseball trailer and some sections from Park Killers, and that was like I started a YouTube account and those videos to this day. We don't have like a ton of views on YouTube. We just have a lot of videos up. And though those Park Killers sections to this day still have, I think, the most views because they've just been up for a long time. And it was so interesting to think of coming from a time where... When I first started making videos, I would like find people's addresses that I knew in skating and I would send them VHS copies of, it was um, when I graduated high school and we made that first How to Be Unpopular video. I think I sent it to like um, a couple people, a few people in Vancouver and a couple people to the States and, and that, that spirit spirit of I don't even know it was that excitement of sharing something that you've created but on <laughs> the absolute smallest scale it's like it was like making a full video and then only having it a private link and only emailing it to like five people but this was physically mailing it to like five or six people and I think I always had it in my head that like the goal that I always wanted to do with skating was was make a classic skate video because I was so affected by um, particularly Hoax 2 was the biggest one um, that I wanted to make something like that. And Hoax 2 is like definitely the best best version I can think of because I didn't want to make a 
a brain fear gone or a words because it was not the skating it was never like this it needs to be the most amazing skating you've ever seen just something that like gave that feeling of watching hoax to that world the world that you could go into that skating world that was the original excitement of of uh mailing those tapes away it was so weird thinking about like pre-internet you don't really know you're making these things and you're so excited making these videos they're not really going out to many people at all it's just like whoever has one could maybe show friends or watch it themselves and it was like it was just based on a energy of wanting to make it there wasn't really an end goal like there was definitely some minor delusions of you know maybe we could get a video distributed or or yeah maybe make a maybe make a skate video that's known by a small group of people or something like that. I don't know like I guess the same reason people hear an album that they really like and then they start a band and they're imitating that kind of music or or doing certain things with those influences and then touring around and and trying to share that excitement it's weird it's weird that the internet has just amplified that so much in the best way possible to the point where we we can't even really catch up sometimes and process exactly um how how the how the it's all like flattened out like um the decentralization of of media and and um you know everybody has a studio in their phone not everybody but a lot of people have a studio in their phone like phones are really impressive the sounds not that great for for filming but the idea that you can just go out film tricks and share them is amazing or or share whatever that it just comes down to uh, like the footage is decent quality it's just like what ideas do you have what do you want to put out there and and I mean, people aren't going to watch videos if they're really long, but um, you can still make them if you want. I love that idea that like to go from sharing VHSs, sending them in the mail, having to like write down the address to boom, you put a a video on, on Vimeo or YouTube or Facebook or instagram if it's under a minute and it's available at it's in stock it's free it's available 24 7 depending on music rights and and countries especially for youtube facebook's cracking down on a little bit (coughs) that like i still am addicted to that it was years ago where i had that uh, i had a podcast where i said I'm not done yet, that I still have that bug to make um, skating videos. It's it's still like when I listen to music and when I'm walking to work and it's still the thing that I obsess over the most. I feel like one cycle is almost complete, which is like the idea of of full-length videos um, because I like exploring these shorter forms and just making more stuff, more shorter things. Um, and that's why, yep, Prove Yourself 3 was kind of one of the last full-length videos. I think there's one more 
in me and then I want to explore if it is something full length I want it to be something uh, different I don't know what that means or or just exploring uh, full length that's not exactly it could still have skating in it but it would have to be something different because I, I just love that idea of um, making things really quickly and short for skating it's it's incredibly frustrating when you have to work a nine to five job um, if you're like holding on to footage it's more fun to put it out and share it quickly like have a have a practice of of going out and skating and filming but anyways that's a big media rant i'm sure i'll have more things to say on that but yeah i skated a lot this this spring and summer this year i guess and it sucks because you get in this habit of getting up in the morning and and going skating because it's light out so early and now it's kind of that sad moment where there's only like before i have to get to work there's there's like two hours of light before I have to get to work and in the summer there's like five hours of light before I have to get to work so you can you can get up super early and go skate where it's just completely dead downtown or or dead at the skate park it was weird I was I was by the skate park yesterday filming for work and um it was more dead than I would think during the day and way more scooters than um skateboarders which was it's crazy to see that uh the cycle happen with with scooters and i i wonder if because of the all the internet stuff that i talked about before that they have a much stronger um foundation than rollerblading did because rollerblading blew up and then kind of died and was not died but the underground bubbled up through the internet, but now scooters have the numbers and the internet. Like there's that kid Tanner Fox where it's like, it's the idea of Maddie Manser or Roadhouse having a YouTube channel with like um, a million subscribers or something like that. That That's just, that's so crazy to think about rollerblading existing in, in this, in its initial a burst of popularity if if it existed in the time of like vlogging and youtube channels and instagram accounts and stuff it's like it's gonna i i can't imagine scootering dying off not dying but like having a lull in numbers and participation like skating did skating is now i think going back up because there's that swell of of people who they're not afraid to start exercising in a strange form or their kids are starting to grow up and or they just want to get back into it and i mean that works well for skating too is that with the internet people run back into skating and like oh maybe i should pick them up again i saw a comment on instagram the other day maybe it was today of somebody who saw uh like halfy in nitro circus and ended up getting a pair of skates that they got so stoked seeing happy in nitro circus that, and they had been out of skating for years that they had to get a pair of skates. I love hearing stuff like that. Reddit always has the Reddit rollerblading page always has posts of, of people like 
either looking to get back into it or people interested in getting a pair of skates that there's only so long that um, there can be like that cultural stereotype behind like a sport or an activity. And then there's a point where people are, where they just don't care anymore. Um, they just want to try it or, or maybe it's just completely blown over. Like the idea, like the rollerblading joke thing that you still see of like, whoa, he's like, he's, whoa, this guy's wacky and he's dressed crazy and he's out of control on rollerblades. It's like the, uh, whoa, I just slipped on a banana peel. Like it's that hacky now to have, um, a rollerblading joke in my mind. I mean, it's still going to happen, but, um, yeah, it feels like, I mean, scootering's fucking huge and rollerblading will never be huge again. If it was to come back, it would be as something new with some new, um, with a big technological, uh, yeah, it would come back not as rollerblading. It would come back as something new or a new version of it. Um, but at least, at least it seems as though there's a little upward swing. Definitely not uh, for aggressive skating, maybe a little bit for aggressive skating, but just for people wanting to exercise and try something new and different or people who want to try it again. A lot of the times it's like, like a Reddit post, like, what do you, <laughs> there's people who want to rollerblade, but they're afraid because they think it's not socially acceptable. And there's all these stories that we tell ourselves. It's so fun. Like getting up in the morning, you got to, okay, this is, these are important things. You got to have good headphones good headphones not like not dre beats like like earbuds um or when i say dre beats i'm like not those like not giant headphones like just good earbuds ones that like can cut out lots of sound not to the point where you don't know what's happening around you unless you, you take it out once in a while just to be aware but yeah like uh like good headphones good music a good setup and good bearings and like good wheels, like a good setup and music and nobody around like early in the morning when the sun's coming up and just skating really fast. When I say skating, I mix it up where I go to the park a lot, but I, I also go, there's like the rivers trail. There's, you know, by bodies of water in many towns, there's trails that you can skate on. And, uh, I would do like a like an eight kilometer little back and forth thing um i would try and do it every morning now with the light i can't do it as much but it's so fun and you you have to have there's there's so many people who who haven't experienced a better setup yet like people who who they pull their skates out of their garage from like 20 years ago and their ankles are bending inward and their wheels and bearings actually slow them down. Like it, like it's upsetting to watch. It's almost like they, some of these, 
rollerblades from the past that have been the bearings have been rusting away and the wheels are made out of bubble gum they're like designed for people to have a bad experience and if people were more educated but this is this is tough because a lot of people they'll they'll buy things on amazon like imagine wanting to get back into skating getting a pair of skates um for like a path and and knowing nothing knowing nothing of of um what to get or what wheel size or just knowing nothing and like the chances of getting something that's not going to fit well or feel good or maybe um maybe like the wheels are too soft or the ankle support's not that good it's still like a like i remember when i was trying to buy ski stuff it was so confusing and i was so overwhelmed that i was going to make a shitty choice that you almost you almost get overwhelmed with um you want to get something good but you don't want to spend too much money and there's way, there's so many opinions um anyways he's got to think about that because i wouldn't skate every day if my skates felt like shit or if i had bad bearings or wheels or um my skates felt like i was just basically like walking or running with crappy boots with wheels which i'm sure lots of people have that experience like a lot of people um they don't know that there's better options yet or even just the idea of like taking a old pair of skates into a shop and getting them repaired maybe like getting a buckle fixed getting like maybe wax laces and new wheels and bearings um like oh brakes brakes if there was just if people if there was uh more skating education and people could learn how to stop without a brake learn how to hockey stop and and all that stuff anyways that's a that's a whole other story i've found that for straight skating 4 by 110 is my favorite so far um the hundreds are fun you can get like more strides in but the the 110s you can really get in that double push zone and um i did surprisingly enjoy like the short 80s once in a while just for like that hockey skating style but you have to take more strides it's really fun on the hundreds when you get in or sorry the 110s the 110 wizards when you get in like that groove of striding i do have to try um i haven't been in like a marathon or, or race skate for a long time so i'm gonna try and get some of those for next season and you may have seen me talk from kind of a i'm not anti three wheel or tri blade but for tricks and that the kind of like wheel slide skating and that stuff that i do i'm not going to be skating those skates um but for speed or or like distance skating i'll definitely try um the three wheelers eventually um i don't know which one yet though i want to try uh there's I, yeah i don't know what i would try yet all every the, the three wheel thing it's like that just came out of nowhere and now rollerblade has one k2 has one and of course there's the it's time for the trinity mount
Um, yeah, I skated on the Wizards and the... Oh, I, I went through these notes. I would go back and forth between the Wizards and the R100. Um, and if you get a pair of unnaturals that are brand new, that R100, the Rockard K2 frame, it's not out yet, but you can break the unnaturals. You can break the unnaturals in very quickly with um, a big wheel frame. Wizards or that R100, you just like put one of those frames on, put on your unnatural boot, and skate two or three days. Don't do any tricks or anything. Like just skate long distances and they'll be good to go i'm uh i'm stunned at how many <laughs> skates on there's been like aeons and and unnaturals they might even be tied on blade trade for people who like they take a picture of their skate and it's like uh did one or two grinds they're not for me and it's like when when we were younger you, it would take like three or four days of skating all day to even like we would celebrate on our third day when we like broke in a royale groove and was able to like royale a curb and that's after skating for long periods of time it's insane how quickly people jump to conclusions about not breaking in skates or getting used to skates like you will be rewarded doesn't matter what brand you will be rewarded if you just stay with something not just for skates but in life just stick with it for a little bit don't jump to a conclusion after 10 or 15 minutes um four by 100 wheels rockered is my official sweet spot for skating now the problem is I would still like to have the option to blast a front side or a back side or a sole grind with 4x100 rockered. That's a different story. Um, that's a, that's a, can, can I get somebody to make something for me slash UFS is a problem issue. Um, but that big block frame that I've been skating, the K2 big block frame, that frame with 100 millimeter rockered wheels and, and flat profile wheels, oh, I want to skate that very badly. It doesn't exist yet though, but that's, uh, I'll give you, I can give you all my secrets of, of skate wishes right now. Uh, six wheel frames. Not sure what size yet. Or five wheel, five wheel frames, five by 100, and you can take the middle wheel out, put an H block in. Um, six wheel frame, anywhere from uh, 60 millimeter to 100 millimeter that have a slight rocker, very long that you could fully, like, you could really lean forward or back, like a long frame. And with that, uh, not the big block frame, but the there's those 298 millimeter frames that I've been skating, the, the KT ones, the small block, but the wheels are really spaced out. Uh, the idea of having another set of wheels in there would give you um, like 
not more pivot points, but the middle wheels wear out really quickly. And sometimes um, they're amazing frames, but adding in more wheels, I know this sounds crazy, but it would bring the skating experience to a whole new level in terms of the way that they felt, the way you could rocker them. Um, just like that, the, the transition of weight, I would almost have, you need to like see my hands and I need to like do like be holding the frame for it to make sense. But I do think the research and development for, uh, it's, it's crazy ideas and some experiments could fail, but, uh, I'm more into skating five and six wheel frames than I am into three wheel frames. I think, um, I think, I don't care about UFS. It's a good option to have, but no UFS and frame should be getting lower to the ground and longer with more rocker instead of higher off the ground and shorter. And just the idea of like not having kind of a, a like a, I love four wheels because you have that middle point, hey, you have that middle point to plant off of, whereas the idea of a three wheel just, you'd have to plant either off your heel or your toe. Um, I think for speed skating or long distance, completely understand the three wheel thing, at the three by 125, and they're, they're killing it in races. So that I understand, but like for tricks, I love having that middle kind of V between in, in the wheels, Coming from an aggressive inline skating background, I use that part a lot still in my skating. Um, and there's that trick, the conveyor. It's hard. You can do a conveyor. That's where you like kick. Colin named this one. You kick and like your wheels, all your wheels like conveyor across the rail or the, or the edge. Um, conveyors would be amazing in five and six wheels. Like there, there's so many new tricks that you could come up with, come up with. I've kind of been like ollieing off, ollieing and nollieing off like the back two wheels and the front two wheels, but it's just such the early version of that style of skating. And I think with either a big block in the middle and wheels spaced out way wider or, or six wheels, um, I think there's so much more to do there. I need a light. There we go. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, went through all that. Gotta have good wheels and bearings and headphones. If you're rec skating, filming for small wheels. Oh yeah, um, small wheels. The process of filming that video, I, it, it's good. We have such short windows of time, like an hour or two hours, sometimes three, maybe like once a week, once every two weeks, maybe sometimes once every three weeks to film that just that short amount of time. You got to try and get as much energy out as you can. And you got to pick a spot where there's lots of options and don't try and force it too much. Keep it loose for filming. Just get, get some ideas, get some tricks. And it, I don't that, that process is really fun. That's why you almost like you end up wanting to film more for it and you get into that groove of wanting to 
film for a longer video. But I think it was just like the right amount of time. It was like 13 or 14 sessions, filming sessions, maybe more. That was like a good amount. It would drive me nuts if, if there was just still all that footage in it. It's fun to put stuff out and move on. Like after, after Prove Yourself 3, I had so much of that soundtrack picked out and I knew the parks we were going to and I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do, but it drives you insane before the trip happens and then it drives you insane because you're at work but you're trying to like edit the video in your head and you're still like, I'll be walking to work and just listening to the songs that I'm gonna be editing to just over and over and over again, figuring out like the sequencing of the soundtrack, just obsessing, obsessing. And then it feels so good once it's out and done. I have like, I can, I can get a whole bunch of new music and make new playlists and I feel free in the mind to move on to a new project. That's the other thing about full length projects. There are, if you work a nine to five job, they're maddening. They're, they will drive you insane. And uh, short things are much more pleasing because you can just do the little short thing, make it and move on and, and do another one. And then, and, then, and then you think you're done. You think you're done with the longer videos. And then you get an idea one day and then it sticks and then and then even if you don't want to do it you'll still can you stop licking my leg i appreciate it um even if you don't want to do the full-length video deep down inside you want to do the full-length video so that's why i think there's one left I, I don't know if it's i don't know if it'll be big wheels three that's what i want it to be but you can't force it too much. You have to be willing for the project to evolve into something else. Um, there was even like an idea where, where filming for Prove Yourself 3 could have been mixed with the Small Wheels footage, but it always like, when it comes down to it, you will make the right decision. Just don't film a video for four or five years. Like Vans, the Vans video took, they filmed for five years. They filmed that for five years. Five, think about that. Five years. That is five years. And the, and the Adidas video, I think they filmed for three years. What kind that ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, I'm just working. <laughs> yeah, I started my section when I was 25. I'm 30 now. <laughs> when we started filming my section, I was 35. I'm 40. I feel like this one section that I filmed is a, is a really big contribution. <laughs> it's, all I, it's all I focused on, all I did. Uh, Adidas put up um, $200,000 in travel money and uh, I think it's money well spent for this section uh, I hope I hope it reaches lots of people and uh, inspires people to uh, get a company to pay 
$200,000 for a lot of people in the world to not do anything but film a section for five years. Secretly, secretly, there's a little bit of jealousy, but at the same time, the uh, mental anguish anguish of having to uh, film for one project for five years in a longer video that most people aren't going to watch the whole thing anyway because uh, most people just watch things on Instagram and animated GIFs. Even like classic sections, I find myself... Like, I don't have the attention span to, like, sit and watch five minutes, a five-minute section even. I, I think the animated GIF thing is great because you just, you can think of a trick, going for a walk, taking a pee, you're in the shower, like, oh, yeah, that trick is so sick. And then you can just find it, make a GIF of it share it and then a lot of other people forgot about it but then they get to see that one trick it's just such a great way to get a little blast of inspiration instead of like I'm going to watch an hour long skate video try and watch an hour long skate video and not look at your phone try it I have the stats people I know how like on our YouTube channel there are many videos that are an hour long the average amount of time people spend watching in, 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 of all of our videos of all time, the average amount of time is three minutes. Because there's a bunch of videos that are like an hour or 45 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. Three minutes. I'll try and get like more specific statistics per video, but people, it doesn't matter. Like full length videos, there's. They're such a daunting task now. Unless you're forced to watch it in a movie theater at a premiere where everybody has their cell phones off. Anyways. Um, to go back to the wanting to be in big wheels while filming small wheels. Something that was really important in the like switching back and forth between big wheels and small wheels was to, when I'm in small wheels and aggressive skates that grinds should be the basis of skating in 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 a in a smaller wheel setup at least for me cuz a lot of the other stuff feels better in in big wheels there's some kind of like air stuff for like control that actually no no not even once you get used to the wizards airs and stuff like that you, they're just it's so fast and smooth and the base of the frame is so big and solid for landings that a lot of air stuff feels really at least for me I can execute air and rolling stuff better on wizards than small wheels excuse me <sighs> oh sorry so when I put on the small wheels, I had to remind myself to focus on grinds. Even like I would do a lot of wheel slide stuff and I would have to remind myself to try and mix a grind in because that's what the setup I was wearing was for. And it actually helped my grind game, ugh, grind game, a lot. I have gotten better at my grind technique from skating big wheels. It's made me appreciate 
a solid stance and speed skate with a lot of speed like Richie Eisler and Josh Petty there's a lot of other people who skate fast but skating fast and do oh Louis Amore skating fast and doing a grind and holding the stance and coming out of it with control having control and going fast not waving your arms around a lot arm waving I'm telling you I'm telling you rollerblading so easy uh, to make look bad so easy to make look easy and really hard to make look good it is just that is such a dangerous combo but that's what we're dealing with arm waving I know we think we look tight when we're balancing the grind like we have more arm waving while grinding and balancing in our sport more you combine all of the extreme sports together we are like we are number one in arm waving while while sliding and then let me tell you I don't want to get too picky here, but it does not look good. It does not look good on us. We, A lot of us, we're not in control of our grinds. We think we look tight while we're balancing the grind, but we're, it looks like we're on soap shoes and, and, and that we're, we're playing basketball defense. Like, you know when they wave their arms around? That's what it looks like. We think we look tight. It might feel good. Like Shane Nelson said, don't let, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. But um, just as an exercise, you should go to a skate park one day. Don't bring your skates. Pretend that you're just like walking through the park or that you're going to the rec center. And then, and then stand at the edge of the park and, um, and watch the sports. There probably won't be a rollerblader there. Not at all. But watch the sports and then just like watch who you connect with style-wise or who's catching your eye and try and imagine just being a bystander and you'll realize that like the simple ideas of control and speed and style which is objective but a certain smoothness like there will be people that you gravitate towards and you have to think of how uh how rollerblading can appear to the outside eye and I guarantee we don't got a lot of strong representatives out there which is okay it's okay but um, how we imagine rollerblading to be in our heads is not how people see it that just has to be an accepted fact which is fine but um, just think that's just some that that rant was just something to think of, something to think about i always imagine uh like it would be so interesting to do rollerblading focus groups to get like a a, a wide range of of skaters and styles to do stuff and and people to like give you information you know how they do like test screenings for movies and then they'll be like oh the audience would have, like, the audience wasn't happy. I mean, director's cut's very important. But also, it, it, it is interesting to find out 
from a group of people. This is important as I get older is that like you don't want to water things down so much that um, that if everybody likes it, something's wrong. But the idea of like there might be things that are made that nobody likes that you think is tight. And sometimes there's feedback that you can get to make it more relatable or more people can connect with it or you know anyways rollerblading focus groups we should do it we should do it and you know what i bet would happen like at the top of the list um the audience really enjoyed it when the skaters went backwards very fast and controlled just not there was a guy, he wasn't doing any tricks at all, but he was just going full speed backwards and completely controlled around the entire uh, course or skate park. Guarantee, guarantee that would get massive points from a wide range of ages uh, and, and sexes and uh, ethnicities. People love to see uh, inline skaters going very fast backwards. Okay, what do we got here? Um, oh, that was a that was just a huge rant. My original note was that the reason that I connect so much with Rockard four by one hundred setups is that I've always been. Um, I I say weird skater, but I've always gravitated towards a specific style. This happened right around the time of filming for Cirque du Soleil and having a, a short stint with this thing called uh, marijuana. Um, it was marijuana, which I just haven't participated in much in a very long time. I've always wanted to reestablish a relationship with it, but um, it's, I don't know. I might just naturally be an overthinker um, who gets really excited about topics and um, has a lot of creative ideas that might be really bad when you sleep on them um, and gets really into music really easily. So I might not need it anymore, but it was, it was marijuana and physics frames set up flat with cuffless rims, I started to get this uh, feel for skating. I did like, I would have to like go back and, and pick specific moments, but like the idea of starting to do swivels and, and wheel slides and um, carving things, I, I started to really get into, I watched, uh, I remember watching the doc, the Z Boys documentary, and loved the part where they talked about when the polyurethane wheel was invented, how that changed what they were able to do on skates. And then I remember that idea of like thinking about the feel of wheels and the grip of wheels, and that like um, carving and the original way that people used skates for speed and carving and stuff like that. So I started experimenting with just like 
the feel of wheels and that just caused me to swivel around a lot which I ba- like that I based a lot of my skating on just that swiveling a little bit of wheel sliding and I still had like some aggressive elements but because of the marijuana I think I went completely like off in this one direction and sections before that which we, which I had been posting the last month I put up under Canadian Skies and Illusion I put up mine and Todd sections is like very traditional skating and even a little bit after that the first how to be unpopular like um yeah I wasn't smoking marijuana until the end of that video so like pretty standard style and I I want I tried to do what I thought you're supposed to do in skating like this imaginary checklist of of stuff um and the Solomon era and under Canadian skies it was like we would get we got Solomons and they had shock absorbers, so we just wanted to jump off stuff. So I actually had a period where I did lots of gaps. But anyways, Cirque du Soleil, that like, that feel of like cuffless rims and physics and flat, and then like that that wheel sliding, that like and and swiveling. That's when it really started. And there's not like some some skating that I did like there was no grinds at all it was just like the feel of the wheels and skating like that that original time when you first feel skates and you're feeling them out that that just that free feeling of skating and and trying to come up with not trying to come up with things but just like the feel of the skates that's all I, I can't describe it any other way and it was when I uh, tried the first wizard frames they were the 90 millimeter ones or sorry there's one shot in better than baseball where i had a pair of uh soul sevens they were like the short frame 80 millimeter skates and i did like i'm doing like one foot cones thing like i would always mess around doing weird stuff and I had that pair of 80 millimeter K2 skates that was around like 2006 or 2007 and I also I use speed skates a lot like for exercise like I would skate long distances um so I would like play with other kinds of skates but it didn't fully translate like I was always stuck in the aggressive mindset and and trying to pretend like like trying to watch look at aggressive skating magazines and and videos and I would connect with some of it but really I didn't I hadn't found like my style yet or what I like to do on skates and I remember bringing those 80 millimeter uh the soul sevens to the skate park and having so much fun cruising around but I hadn't put it together yet that that I could I could go to the park and just use those, but I was missing like a few grinds and, and yeah, it hadn't all like fit together yet. It still hasn't, but it's definitely fit together more. And then it was, it was definitely trying the Rockard Seba setup. Bear with me here. The Rockard Seba setup with the Intuition Liner. Definitely it got like, more in that direction of of like what I was experimenting with in Cirque du Soleil and better than baseball like that wheel feel but the 
it was such a short base that um, that I oh one sec. This podcast has been brought to you by Beck's non-alcoholic beer. All of the bloat, none of the buzz, in the words of Todd. Mm. But back to it. So the the rockered Seba intuition setup, 80 millimeters for big wheels one and two. That feel came back that I was exploring in Cirque du Soleil. Better than baseball. Not a lot of grinds, a lot of wheel stuff. The speed was a little bit there, but it was still this kind of twitchy, spastic, um, like maybe trying to do a little bit too much in a short amount, trying to fit a lot in. Um, and then, and then I tried, which my conclusion on that is I think there's still, uh, an aggressive or a grinding version of 80 millimeter and, or as the bigs have, have happened like 72, but I think the bigs is just the, the very first early version like UFS is so limiting to big wheel grinding frames. There's, there's not a lot you can do yet, but I do think the big wheels one and two setup was just, it's like an early exploration of mixing uh, big wheels and traditional aggressive skating with grinding. So I think there's a lot of experiments that work there, but I think there's a lot of stuff that can be way better especially after I tried this, these like longer frames, longer rocker frames and those big block frames is like that frame could so easily be for 72s or 80s, but it can't, or it's gonna be super high off the ground because the fucking UFS bolts are gonna be in the way. So if it was spaced out, you could have that giant block and 80 millimeter wheels rockered and it would feel amazing. In fact, I'm telling you, that big block frame, it it's like having it's like having a tiny little maneuverable uh, anti rocker frame, but then it's got like imagine like wheel pairs that you can steer on in the back and front, and then like a mini, way better version of a mook because it's shallower and like hauling ass towards grinds, like that anti-rocker feeling, but having more control in turning on a, on a stable base, it's really good. So I think like those, those slalom style skates are, are good, but they're good at like one very specific type of like sharp, turny footwork, which I'm like, I found it's not really, I'm not, good at like technical footwork skate moves like I'm not I'm not that's not my thing um even if you tried to teach it to me I wouldn't understand it because I just it's the way I like going fast and I like having a feel for my skates but I think there's more there in that like big wheel aggressive hybrid but anyways then after that setup, there were, I tried the wizard frame, the first prototype, which had a much different rocker. The third wheel was down a lot lower. And I tried it in a Tim Hortons parking lot and I got that like, it was like a physics on steroid feeling. It had combined 
the physics feel because the wheels were big and absorbing lots of shock. It combined the feel of my speed skates because they were big wheels and a longer base. It combined the feel of the slalom because it had a rocker. And it also made a carbon boot make more sense because I had tried carbons in the past for aggressive skating and I thought that they were basically pointless for aggressive skating. I always described them, it was, I heard Al Delega describe them as twitchy. And I, that's always stuck in my head that it seemed like carbon didn't really have an application for aggressive skating because we're fucking using anti-rock. Most people are using anti-rocker on carbon and it, def uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense. But a metal frame, a metal rockered frame on a carbon boot, that makes more sense. For steering, yes. Precision, definitely. But... But a carbon boot with like a thick sole plate and then a stupid plastic frame with anti, like it doesn't matter if the boot's carbon because you're not going to be able to steer that very well anyway because there's plastic between the frame and there's no, there's not really anything to steer. You're either, you're either leaning back a little bit or leaning for, anyways, that's a whole other thing. So in this Tim Hortons parking lot, I tried this wizard prototype and it all started to kind of come together and I started to get really excited about that. This is pre-intuition gutting because um, it was just that, that Seba boot because I had tried the SX boot and apart from the REMS OS1, if you're going to get the Seba boot, go one size up because those that my SX, I tried to squeeze into a smaller size. I remember my feet being in so much pain because there's so much padding. Um, now I'm in like a slightly bigger size um, with the intuition. Ooh, it's perfect. My toe has not been black for a while. It's been very good. Yeah, Rems OS 1 and, and, and unbroken in under like one size down SX. Pain, a world of pain. Um, so I tried this 90 millimeter wizard prototype and then started to get very excited, but we were still filming Big Wheels 2 and Leon had gutted the boot and put the Intuition liner in. And that's when, I mean, you saw the results. That was when uh, some of his Big Wheels 2 footage was in like gutted carbon boots with like a amazing dense foam liner and this 90 millimeter wizard frame. And then Todd and I got those and then the wizard frame testing thing started and I, th I started to like find this style a little bit more. And then it wasn't until, I don't think I can take credit, but I pushed Leon to make hundreds and 110s, and the 110s are awesome, but they're for a very specific style of like cruising that tricks are definitely more difficult. You can do skate moves and you can do, it's just, you have to be like, have a very specific style in mind with the 110s. But the 100s were like this sweet spot of where I found a new side of my skating that had combined a whole bunch of the stuff that I had been using in the past. But then, at the same time, 
I had started to become obsessed with skiing videos and the way that they were using their equipment and started to get back into skiing. And the first couple times I went skiing, I would use my wizards. I don't know when something started to click and they allowed me to find something that I was trying to look for in my skating in all of these other setups before, which I still use, but I found more of it in this setup. And it was like the mix of all of that plus the skiing. I don't know. And now I just like to go really fast at the skate park, but also come up with like, um, ways to, I don't even know how to explain it, but just feel out the skates and feel out the wheels but like the way the base is and the rocker I don't know it feels like a I've found the setup that works really well for me and I still use it's this probably just sounds like a broken record but I still use aggressive skates and they're really fun but this is the most exciting uh style of skating for me anyways the point was <laughs> The point was, I had always been skating kind of in that style, but I think there were a lot of failed experiments and things that didn't work because maybe I wasn't on the right technology or maybe I should have been using um, aggressive skates more traditionally, but I was trying to f get to trying to find the style that I found in this equipment. Now it's just getting really mixed up, but I hope that makes sense. I was, I was like looking for, I was experimenting with doing weird stuff, possibly in the wrong setup. I should have just been using it a specific, more straightforward. I should have been more straightforward with that. It was meant for grinding, but I, I need other people to come to these conclusions and make the stuff because I will go in the wrong direction for a very long time, very long time. But I need to. That's the only way I learn. <laughs> um, yeah, current, the current setups just allow me to go more in a direction that I was trying to go in back then. Um, I was going to talk about Prove Yourself 3, but we're getting, we're getting up here. Um, I have a few more notes. I want to do more video commentaries on YouTube over the winter and fall. So look out for that. I'm going to slow the videos down too because I talk so much. I It would be hard to co do commentary on a skate video as it's happening so quickly. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say that Pat Lennon videos are the peak of raw, ruthless street skating. So don't even attempt to ever compare any videos to his videos or don't even try and, and, and compare your skating or what you do to that era because you, have, you just have to watch the Apple series, um, them apples, chaos, eternity, chaos, and the apples that fell far from the tree. Just watch those videos and realize that um, those guys, when they were making that, must have been like, 
this this is the greatest shit in the world how how is how is nobody seeing this like raw underground the skating the hammers in some of those videos are absolutely insane and uh i understand there's people who are like religious about that style of skating but that was like a very specific moment in time that was unsustainable but it's amazing that that stuff's documented and you can go back and watch it but just don't even try and make a video like that if you do you're gonna die like you're probably gonna die if you try and beat that any of those videos or that or that skating that's like the peak that is the peak it's okay to go to do your own thing or go in a different direction or just skate the way you want to do not compare yourself to that era because it's it's the best it's the peak it's amazing um i tried skating uh the seba boots aggressive with the sole plate really didn't like the feel of the of the soles and i totally understood why rollerblade did the um how their sole plates have the middle cut out and they're attached on the sides so that the frames directly attach to the boot it's amazing that we still accept giant just giant pieces of plastic between two uh little bolts attached to a frame it's it's amazing that our um that our hardware is still <laughs> that our hardware could be so much better I've, again i'm not the person i will try the things that people make but i'm not i'm not a mod person and i'm i'm not gonna make this stuff I will give ideas to make the stuff. I can say right now, the reason that, that USD Aeon skate is so popular is because it's not UFS. Because um, UFS is very limiting. There's still options with UFS. Yes, it's good, but um, there's got to be a better way. Um... That's, I have more notes, but you know, I think that's good for now. I've been skating and experimenting with a lot of good stuff that I talked about a little bit on this podcast, but I'll talk more in the future as we go on. Um, lastly, I have written here, I was going to talk about this rant that I had about this uh, museum exhibit on skateboarding in Kamloops, but I'll save that another time. And... Um, Lastly, rollerblading is very alien, and I think the I think people on planet Earth have a hard time accepting that rollerblading is alien, but that's what makes it amazing. I'll leave it at that.